everybody, I just wanted to take a minute and thank you for listening to this podcast. Make sure you leave a like and a review on whatever podcast platform you're getting this from. Watch my daily radio shows live stream on rumble.com slash Casey the host. And I'm moving away from Facebook onto Telegram. So please follow me on Telegram at Casey the host. And of course, my website, which is a conservative news aggregator. You can get all of the best real news every single day, plus my daily show prep podcast videos and more, theburningtruth.us. And if you like knives, Kydex holsters, pepper spray, and hidden cameras, make sure you do your shopping at asdefense.com. Enjoy the show. I just, no, I just want the IT people to know it was not me, okay? Somebody was shopping for lingerie on this computer because of the Google ads. There's nothing wrong with that. It just wasn't me. That's all I'm saying. Other people use this computer throughout the day, and it was not me. I was not shopping for lingerie. Uh, so, Fleur de Mal is uh, popping up all over the Google ads everywhere I go. <laughs> well, I hope whoever it was, whomever it was, that they found what they were looking for. Good afternoon, Casey Hendrickson here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Uh, the big news of the afternoon, press conference uh, just ended not that long ago. The racist, black supremacist, domestic terrorist, has been arrested, learned a lot of new stuff about uh, the suspects uh, with, uh, with the, the reports that have been coming out really all day. And, I mean, just weird stuff. Like, they stayed on the train, and they were actually riding the train for hours after the attack. Just very bizarre behavior. Uh, on the early show today, we showed you some screenshots. <clears throat> what is that, the rock station not respecting anybody's... Okay, it's just like elephants running around upstairs. So uh, my kids aren't here, so I know it's got to be the rock station. All right, so we've got er, in the early show, we did a bunch of like screenshots. So we kind of showed people some of the stuff that this individual was posting online. They have multiple YouTube accounts. The main one was already pulled down, but they have other YouTube accounts that they used as backups. And a lot of that content is still available. Hates white people, hates Asian people, hates Hispanic people. Um, is a 100% BLM activist, hates Donald Trump, hates Republicans, hates conservatives, and had threatened people who are not black multiple times with violence. So this is, this is who this person is. This is a, a racist domestic terrorist. Uh, we'll be facing a terrorism charge, but only because we were talking about a mass transit attack that was happening. It's the only reason, um, even though it fits the definition of a, of a terrorist charge, Uh, Also doesn't like the mayor of New York, who obviously is not white, does not like the mayor of New York. This is um, is a very, very, very weird case to to be to be honest with you. But nonetheless, uh, they have been they they have been taken into custody. They do have a criminal history. So we're just going to go through like the timeline here. All right. So about 34 minutes ago. The New York City mayor had had uh, you know posted or at least let everybody know we got him. Uh, we had made the arrest of Frank James, the suspect in the Brooklyn subway shooting. And as the the minutes progressed, this is all just kind of developing here very very recently. In fact, the press conference that was probably the fastest press conference that had ever been put together in the history of press conferences. Uh, NYPD they uh, said that the Brooklyn sus- subway shooting suspect Frank James was known to law enforcement and has ties to Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and New York City. They said that James had an arrest history in New York and nine prior arrests from 1992 to 1998. 
The suspect has been charged by complaint in Brooklyn federal court, federal court, with one count of violating 18 U.S.C. section 1992 A7 and B, one which prohibits terrorist and other violent attacks against mass transportation systems. He will be arraigned in federal court in Brooklyn, and if he is convicted, he will face a sentence of up to life in prison. Police also said that they received a Crime Stopper tip that the Brooklyn subway shooting suspect was spotted at a McDonald's on 6th Street and 1st Avenue. I know that none of you care about that. I'm just passing the data on. Officers responded to the McDonald's. They did not see him and began scouting the area. The suspect was eventually spotted on the corner of uh, two streets there and was taken into custody without incident. So this is this is kind of where we're at. So the the manhunt is over. Um, but one of the weirdest things that I that I heard was that they stayed on the train and that they had ridden the train for several hours after all of this. So very very strange behavior. Uh, they they found the U-Haul that had been rented. I, we don't know exactly why. I didn't hear all of the press conference. We had uh, some people in the studio going over a new system with us, but um, I don't know exactly why the U-Haul was rented. He rented the U-Haul. They were looking for that U-Haul. Remember with Arizona? Well, they found the U-Haul. They were looking for the driver. But the U-Haul had Arizona plates, um, and they were trying to figure out, you know, what the reason behind the U-Haul was. And and I don't know if they actually revealed any of that. I'll look during the uh, the news break here to try and, and find any additional information. So, 29 people were injured, including um, including those who were shot. 10 patients suffered gunshot wounds. Five were in critical, but they are stable condition. And again, that's really not changed from yesterday. We certainly hope that that continues to track and that everybody recovers. The weapon jammed. Uh, They have really, really pushed this because they're so desperate to tell you all about it. Extended magazines. Well, extended by whose definition? Are they normal magazines, which according to New York are extended magazines, or are they actually extended magazines? And that that remains to be seen. I haven't uh, seen that evidence presented yet. And if it's out there, I will find it and I will pass it on to you. But, you know, it's important to understand that a normal magazine capacity for for a Glock, you know, you're talking you're talking about more than 10 rounds anyway. But in places like New York, that is considered an extended magazine, even though it's a standard magazine. So as this information filters out, we'll certainly keep you updated on that. But the breaking news this afternoon, as of about, you know, about 45 minutes ago, the suspect has been taken into custody. And uh, we're going to continue to learn a little bit more about all of this as we go forward. So hopefully, hopefully it just ends with him. Uh, but when you look at the content that this individual was posting online, and they actually recorded a video, give you kind of an idea of how, how bad it is. They actually recorded a video of themselves going out in New York and calling everybody who wasn't black who went by them a racial epithet. Every single one of them. And that's what they did. Now, I get it. It's New York. And when people do weird things on the street in New York, you just kind of, you know, roll with it. But this is obviously, you know, a, it highlights the behavior of the things that they were posting online for the past several years. They really do not like any other races except their own and a horrendously racist individual. This is clearly a domestic terrorist incident and by, by any definition of it. So and certainly things that have not even come close to the definition of domestic terrorists have been basically ruled as domestic terrorism by the news media anyway. So it'll be interesting to see what they actually do with this. And, and I got to tell you, I am surprised, as many of you are. We've talked about this on the early show the past couple of days and on the radio show. I am as surprised as many of you that the, the NYPD put out the description that they did 
Um, it, a lot of people were were surprised by that. We've seen cases like this before where they don't immediately go out there and tell you what the suspect's race is. Now, there's a manhunt there, but we've had situations where there is an active manhunt, and they still don't give you that information. And there is even times where the description of skin color was given, and they were still criticized by news media outlets as, well, it's an active manhunt. What are you talking about? We've, we've talked about that just within the past year. So the AP, the Associated Press, bizarrely went out there and said that this was a black liberation uh, activist. How the Associated Press, they never cover this stuff. So credit's got to be given. In this particular story, they did. And as a result, we caught the guy. Well, they caught the guy in relatively short order, less than 24 hours. And, and here, well, not, ne- not about 24 hours, a little bit more than that. Um, and now we, we hopefully will be able to go ahead and get that conviction and, and go forward. And no indications of anybody participating with this guy that he just appeared to act by himself. All right, so that's the breaking news this afternoon. If anything else develops, we'll, we'll certainly let you know about it. We'll remind you of this periodically throughout the day. As new people join the audience, uh, we'll scale it down to a lot shorter than it was here. All right, uh, go to rumble.com slash Casey the host, rumble.com slash Casey the host. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. We got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Uh, let's see. What do we got here? Oh, this is great. This is awesome. I heard it was going to happen. I know that the governor of Texas uh, did tease that he was going to do this, and he announced it. Of course, it was a great idea. I told you that the mayor of Las Vegas, former mayor of Las Vegas when I was there, uh, Mayor Oscar Goodman, he did this during the Olympics uh, where Utah had sent all of the homeless people to Las Vegas. He put them back on a bus and sent them back to, uh, to the Olympics. When Mitt Romney was there. So a bus from Texas arrived in Washington, D.C. this morning, transporting dozens of illegal immigrants as part of Texas Governor Greg Abbott's new plan to counter federal immigration policies during the ongoing border crisis. Abbott announced last week that he was directing the Texas Division of Emergency Management to transport migrants released from federal custody in Texas to the nation's capital and other locations outside of his state. I love this so much. Because you're going to see, again, all these people like, oh, just be compassionate and go ahead and accept them. Now they're not going to want them around. The bus pulled up at approximately 8 a.m. local time, blocks away from the U.S. Capitol building. Fox News was on site. They learned that they came from Del Rio sector of Texas after coming to the United States from Colombia, Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. Upon the bus's arrival in Washington, D.C., individuals disembarked one by one, except for family units who exited together. They checked in with officials and had wristbands that they were wearing cut off before they were being uh, before being told that they could go. So they get into the country. Texas says, all right, go to the nation's capital. They went to the nation's capital. They got their wristbands cut off and they were released into the wild of Washington, D.C. And who knows where they go after that? Who knows what jobs they're going to be going to be doing or taken or if they're going to move back to Texas, who knows? But Greg Abbott is at least delivering on it. So good for him for doing it and and watching people just kind of collectively lose their minds about this has been really hysterical. But, you know, this is one of the ways that you have to handle this stuff. If they're going to allow people to come into your state, they're not going to provide any support for you uh, when those people come into the state. And you might as well just send them somewhere else and send them someplace that has said, hey, we should have open borders. We should invite all of them in with open arms. Put them, put them there. 
in those places so those places can extend their welcoming arms and resources to those individuals themselves and not have to hurt you know people in Texas or on the border states there. And why not? It's it's a win-win. You can't very if you're Washington D.C. at this point in time, you can't very well look at this and go, "Hey, you can't send them here. Why don't you want them?" Well, they don't belong here. Well, they don't belong in Texas either. So you put them in a very tough position, which is a brilliant political move. So I gotta I gotta give kudos to uh, Greg Abbott. I know that he probably didn't come up with the idea, but I gotta give kudos to him for following through on that. Speaking of Washington D.C., and I talked about this on the early show today as well, but a judge let out. Those two guys were pretending to be Department of Homeland Security agents for two years. And again, we, we've talked about this a couple of times. I did a coffee with Casey on it. You had two individuals in Washington, D.C. They pretended to be Department of Homeland Security agents. They befriended four Secret Service agents. They lavished the Secret Service agents with gifts. One of those agents is on the, the First Lady's security detail. And they're, they've been basically conducting this operation for two years now. They've got fake identification, fake badges. They, they drive uh, a black SUV with lights on it and all that other stuff. Now, obviously, it is a crime to impersonate a federal officer. But at the same time, one question, well, two questions that people have always had is, one, how did this thing get bankrolled? Who was paying them? This is a very expensive thing that they were doing. The gifts, the apartments, all of that stuff that they were doing cost a lot of money. So there had to be some bankrolling happening. Who's behind the bankrolling? The other thing is, what was the motivation to do this? What was the goal of these two guys pretending to be federal agents for two years and befriending and giving gifts upon these Secret Service agents? Additionally, Secret Service has got a lot of stuff that they need to handle because this is a massive security breach. But beyond that, who was bankrolling it? And why were they bankrolling this operation? Because I don't believe for a second that this is just two guys who got you know their jollies by pretending to be federal agents and befriending Secret Service guys. Sorry, I just don't. This stinks exactly like an intelligence operation. One of these guys has said that they are tied to Pakistani intelligence. They have found passports that tie both of these guys to Pakistan and to Iran as Revolutionary Guard or potentially Quds Force and that sort of stuff. So... They're looking, they're looking at those possibilities. Now, the judge let him go. He, really, he just he let him go. If you walk into the nation's capital on January 6th and you didn't damage anything, you didn't break a window, you didn't get involved in any violence, and you're only charged with trespassing or trying to prevent a, a, uh, you know, an official proceeding or what have you because you just entered the capital, you're still in jail. You get no bail. When you're convicted of that minor offense, you don't get out until sentencing is done. We've talked about those cases already. Yet, these guys are potentially agents of an an adversarial nation gaining access to the Secret Service as close as the First Lady security detail, and the judge just lets them go? And the judge actually said, I'm quoting now, In a case like this, release should be the norm. This is U.S. District Court Judge uh, G. Michael Harvey. said, in a case like this, release should be the norm. It's not a crime of violence. It is a felony, but it is a felony with a maximum period of incarceration of three years. Well, that's based on what we know now. If we end up finding out that they're agents for a foreign country, or maybe they were trying to carry out some kind of an assassination plot, or they were trying to conduct an espionage operation, those charges change dramatically. 
And so the judge's perspective here is, like, oh, yeah, they impersonated a federal officer. But they did it not to pretend to be a federal officer. They did it to gain access to Secret Service agents. And then they lavished the Secret Service agents with gifts. That is how you flip assets in espionage. There's a whole bunch of weird stuff going on here. And as I've said before, some of the gifts that they, they got were, were cell phones, like iPhones. So have they gone through the iPhones yet? Have they made sure that the iPhones don't have any kind of, of software on them from a foreign government, which could easily be used to track, listen into, take photographs and video of what these Secret Service agents are doing, which could procedurally, by the way, compromise the Secret Service in their operations and how they conduct security? All of this is very, very, very real. You realize I, most of us, we see the Secret Service agent that is out front. But as Dan Bongino will tell you, there's a lot of agents out there that you never see. And there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes that are not the agents that you are looking at. That's the stuff that's secret. That's where the real operations are happening. And if these guys are taking video and photos using these phones that they gave to these Secret Service agents and potentially compromising national security and the security of, of the first family and any other important dignitaries, we got a major problem here. This is a huge security breach. And for a judge to just look at this and go, ah, they're just impersonating officers. Let them go. No big deal. That's not appropriate. And the fact that this judge will not look at this and go, there's a reason they targeted Secret Service agents. Now, when the prosecution looked at this, the prosecution is like, hey, they might actually be spies. And the judge said, I don't see any actual evidence of that. I mean, beyond one of them saying that he was and the multiple passports from multiple countries and the fact that they were actually targeting Secret Service agents, I guess that didn't weigh into the judge's uh, mind at all. So they're out walking around. Don't be surprised if they disappear. And they're whisked away by their governments. Do not be surprised if we never hear about these guys again. Um, maybe we will, maybe we won't, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if they got smuggled out of the country. We got more coming up. 95.3 MNC, MNC News Time is 3.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. Has anybody started making Biden bird for president signs yet? I'm just asking for a friend because I'm considering doing that. You know, the bird that pooped on Joe Biden the other day. You see that? You saw that? Isn't that hysterical? The White House is denying it happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if if you say so, yeah, it's it's it was photoshopped, you know, big pigeon. They're out to get you. Uh, but I, I'm genuinely curious if anybody's ever done like Biden bird for president or something like that because I I would be interested in that. <clears throat> All right, um, would be immigrants. We we're just talking about how illegal immigrants were sent from Texas to Washington D.C. by Governor Abbott, and kudos to him for doing that. By the way. But we also have this other story, which is going to make a lot of you very, very upset because illegal immigrants are getting privileges that you're not allowed to have. Would-be immigrants can get waivers for COVID-19 vaccine, uh, vaccines, according to their lawyer. So the U.S. government, since October of 2021, they've been requiring people who are coming to the United States to get a COVID-19 vaccine, but officials are now granting waivers when asked, at least in some cases. So a 40-year-old Japanese woman, I know, you're shocked, because liberals out there say that only Mexicans uh, immigrate to the United States illegally. No, a 40-year-old Japanese woman, her two kids, aged 8 and 6, were successful in applying for a waiver, according to their lawyer. The application was filed in November of 2021. It was approved in March, okay? 
The woman had no immigration status. She was applying for residency based on marriage to a spouse uh, who is a U.S. citizen. A lot of people think it's impossible to get these waivers granted, but thus far, and when we've done them before the COVID-19 vaccine as well, we've had success in getting them approved. I definitely think it's worth applying. Okay. This is Christina Zenides, who is the lawyer. Okay. The vaccination requirement was announced well into the pandemic by the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, which oversees legal immigration. The updated guidance requires applicants subject uh, subject to uh, medical examinations and submit to proof of vaccination before actually completing those examinations. But the USCIS, that guidance, which, again, basically came from the CDC, it, they are granting these waivers. And they pointed out that, you know, a negative test does not guarantee the applicant will not have COVID-19 at the time. So most people are aware of that. The testing is not exactly the most accurate in the world. So... <clears throat> Now you've got people who are coming to the United States, you know, legal immigrants, certainly illegal immigrants. They're coming to the United States and they are not being forced to get the vaccine. Meanwhile, if you're in the military and you don't get the vaccine, they kick you out. Even if you have served honorably and you don't even get an honorable discharge. Think about that. Uh, Let's see. An applicant can receive a waiver if a surgeon or a physician in charge of evaluating him or her decides a vaccination would not be medically appropriate. The vaccination requirement can also be waived if the applicant says getting a shot would be contrary to their religious beliefs or moral convictions. Oh, so they get the religious exemption and the moral objections as well, but people in the military can't get that. Many of you out there for your job can't get that. Once again, you arrive at a scenario where people who are not from here are getting more rights than people who are born here. The lawyer has also helped other applicants file requests for waivers, says that the main documentation needed is a statement from the applicant. Letters from pastors or similar figures can help, but it's not necessary. Wow. Blanket waivers can be issued for vaccines. The USCIS said in 2021 that it may issue blanket waivers or grant waivers without applications for certain ages or other statuses, such as for age groups that cannot get a vaccine. Wow. That's interesting. So, once again, people who are coming here illegally, not required to get vaccinated, we know that. The Democrats killed every attempt going back over a year to actually even get a negative COVID test before allowing them to leave. If you're a legal immigrant coming in, you could have a religious or moral object, moral objection to the shot. That is something that Americans have not been granted in many places, many jobs, certainly in the military. You know, we're, we're talking about hundreds of soldiers in the Indiana Guard alone that are going to be tossed out. And that's the same case all across the country. Congressman Banks just had a Well, General Milley was in a hearing and Congressman Banks asked him some questions about all of this. Why is it that consistently, without fail, people who are coming into the United States are given extra rights beyond what American citizens should automatically get? Why is that? You have to ask yourself that question. I don't don't have a, a definitive answer for you. I know that many of you probably have some theories about that. 
Uh, I have no issue if somebody wants to immigrate to the United States legally, and, and I don't have an issue if they don't want to get the shot. But that's the same thing that should be available to Americans, not just a religious obje- objection, which is only granted sometimes. It is never granted in the military, but they have a moral objection as well that they're allowed to exercise. Well, you are not. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Well, I guess they're saying not only was the terror suspect in New York, not only were they known to authorities, they were on the FBI's radar. Not just like local police, but the FBI. So that's nice. Have you guys gotten rid of Disney? I've run into a lot of people. Disney had a mass exodus way back when they fired Gina Carano as well. But I don't think it was anywhere near what this is. There was a uh, there was a protest that has been announced at Disney World. Busload of conservative moms will protest Saturday at Walt Disney World in Orlando over the company's public stance against Florida's parental rights and education law. Moms for America, which is based in Ohio and has publicly supported the law, said in a press release that several Disney employees who do not support Disney's radical agenda will join the two-hour protest at the entrance of of Disney Springs. We are excited to bring together freedom-loving Floridians and Americans from across the country to show Disney that it should return to its focus of embracing and promoting family values, liberty, and freedom. And again, you, you can do this while being inclusive. That's that's not the, the issue here. The, the issue is you're trying to really thrust your agenda at, to quote one of the producers at Disney in that conference call, my not-so-secret gay agenda to inject queer into everything. That's the issue. Uh, now you're seeing $100 million by the Daily Wire. It's going to be funneled into children's programming. And that children's programming, of course, is is going to be produced from a uh, much more conservative and moderate bent, and people are going to flock to it, and they're going to make tons of money. And Disney's really not going to to know what to do because Disney's always had a, basically a monopoly on this. But we're at a point now where like Nickelodeon programming and Disney programming, there's a lot of parents that are just kind of turning it off. And even some of the stuff that are staples, you know, the SpongeBob's and things like that, I, I've seen a lot of that. But I've I've run into a ton of people who have finally said enough is enough. We've canceled Disney. And I was genuinely curious if like you were among that, you know, are you people canceling Disney? Has it finally reached critical mass over this particular issue? Disney's had issues its entire existence. And there's certainly been plenty of artists who have secretly drawn and painted things into various Disney products and movies and and stuff of that nature that, Obviously, we're meant to be adult-oriented Easter eggs, which is problematic. Wasn't there like 30-some-odd Disney employees that just got wrapped up in that uh, pedophilia thing? I'm pretty sure that that just happened a couple of weeks ago. I'm not saying that that is what is happening everywhere at Disney. There are certainly a lot of people at Disney who do not agree with this. Do you remember when, when the Project Veritas ESPN story broke a couple months back? One of the things that they ended up finding out was that There's a lot of people at ESPN who don't agree with this woke stuff, but they're silenced at work. They're not allowed to speak up. They are, you know, kicked off of the air. They're fired, that sort of thing. 
And when this one guy, you know, basically wrote like, hey, we got to get back to doing sports. We got to stop with this stuff. And there was a ton of people on all political spectrums who supported what they were saying. And that that person was, of course, you know, they were targeted by by ESPN, uh, which is, again, part of the Disney family. So let's see. Moms for America said that its freedom truck, which recently completed a trip with uh, a truckers protest, in Washington, D.C., the truckers protest, in Washington, D.C., will carry protesters to the rally. And I think that there was a smaller one that actually happened this week. I don't know if it was over the weekend or if it was at the beginning of the week or, or what. So this is this is supposed to be like an organized protest outside of Disney World. But, you know, again, we've just kind of, when we're looking at the way that everything is happening, and I know that I kind of alluded to this yesterday, for those of you who are listening yesterday towards the end of the show, you have to protect your children. And there are a lot of people out there right now who are not interested in protecting your kids. And they're not interested in just making programming for your kids. You're dealing with activists, and activists now kind of control everything in entertainment. It used to be that you would just have something that was there, you had a stressful week, you'd watch sports, you'd relax, you'd hang out with your friends, maybe you would go to the movies, you'd watch some TV at night to unwind, maybe you'd watch one of the late night comedy shows to get some laughs in and kind of release some tension before you went to bed. All of that is gone. Everything pushes a narrative now. And we told you that one of the reasons that we found found this out, obviously this is a this is a goal, is to keep you perpetually stressed because you're more pliable that way. But when you look at Hollywood, Hollywood sends every script from these major studios, they send every script to these woke analysts, and these woke analysts pour over the script and make sure that the script is in line with with modern wokeism and all of that stuff. And that's how things get get written. And that's why when you turn on television, you don't find a lot of shows that really take off. And a lot of the shows that do take off are places like Netflix and sometimes Amazon Prime even, where they don't really push a political agenda. And it's, it's very interesting when you see the big, big, big hits, right? The really big hits that happen and blow up. They are almost exclusively apolitical. Have you noticed that? And the ones who go super political tend to not be very successful at all. Hollywood has pumped out hyper left wing, hyper left wing, hyper left wing stuff for, for years that fails. And I know that I've been using the, the Picard series as just kind of an example. And the reason I'm doing that is, one, it's just fresh on my mind, but also because it's Star Trek. And Star Trek is an institution in this country, and everybody kind of knows what Star Trek is. And the first season, and this is something that you see Hollywood do all the time. The first season, very, very little politics ever gets involved. Enough for you to really not notice it, right? What does that do? That hooks you to the series. You come back for season two, and season two is just woke, 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 woke. And they're beating you over the head with their agenda. The idea is we're going to make something that will have people kind of excited. They'll be fans and they'll come back for season two. And that's what we're getting. Because if we start off by going after them politically, they're just going to turn us off and we are not going to get greenlit for a second season. So that's what Hollywood has started to do. And it's, it's very deceptive and people are onto it and people are getting really sick and tired of it. And that's why you're having these, these new entertainment companies like daily wire kind of come up. You can't even watch a YouTube video right now without a Daily Wire movie commercial playing. I mean, that's just, they are everywhere at this point in time. And that's a good thing. 
You know, we need more of them. Obviously, you don't want just one place doing it, but it's nice to see that. And parents are just, here's the thing. For, for those of you out there who are woke, okay, and you're, you're pushing all of this stuff, you don't understand why everybody's upset. Here's the thing. All parents want is to be able to sit their kid down and let them watch some television without having some kind of an agenda shoved down their throat. That's it. That's it. Just wholesome entertainment that caters to everybody. That's all parents want. And if you did that, nobody would be upset. But instead, you're choosing to push these sorts of things. Um, you're you're making content that is designed to be consumed by young people while simultaneously telling the entire world that it should be a crime to advertise a Happy Meal at McDonald's to kids because it's unhealthy. Well, which one is it? Are we allowed to market to children and manipulate them because they can be easily manipulated? Or are we not allowed to? Because you can't have it both ways. And you're trying to have it both ways. And all parents are trying to do is make sure that their children are not being brainwashed by some political and social agenda. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Watch the live stream at rumble.com slash Casey the host. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Got to tell you about Faber's B Window. If you are in need of new windows, or maybe you just want to get your home recited, or if you want to go ahead and upgrade the curb appeal with some new doors, Faber's B Window is the best place for you to go right now. Go to bwindow.com. They are offering up to 50% off windows, siding, doors, and even porch conversions. You can also get a $1,000 gas card with every qualifying purchase and 15-year unsecured financing up to $100,000. All you got to do is go to bwindow.com. Go ahead and set up a free consultation. Let them know that I sent you, please bwindow.com all right i had a couple of people send this to me over the past couple of days i appreciate that thank you hillsdale college is writing classical education boom as parents seek alternatives to woke k-12 through schools now we also went over the the polling data on this uh people who identify as politically right have increased their support of homeschooling or private schooling by 10 percent since the pandemic democrats by 20 so even Democrats are like, yeah, we're not sending our kids to school to learn this stuff. Now, this is, again, part of this is because the pandemic allowed parents to actually see what was being taught to their kid, the curriculum that was going on, and they didn't like it. Hillsdale College is expanding its footprint to accommodate parents frustrated with woke classroom instruction in their local K-12 schools. Since 2010, the conservative Michigan-based college has helped open 21 charter schools and partnered with 33 others in 27 states through its Barney Charter School Initiative, offering classical education focusing on civic virtue and moral character. We are growing like wildfire, said Kathleen O'Toole, Hillsdale Assistant Provost for K-12. That was back in December on a town hall. And we're careful about our growth because we want to make sure every school that we are working closely with is an excellent school. It is hard to start a school. It's really hard to start an excellent school an excellent classical school, but it's also really necessary. And it is. It's very difficult. You know, we've talked about how South Bend School Corporation, they've got more buildings than they need because they've been bleeding students since the 90s. You know, that was I think it's like 7,000 or so less students since 1999. They're just bleeding students. They have extra buildings that they can't fill with students because they don't have enough students. And they won't allow charter schools to come in and take over some of those buildings. Why? Because they don't want the competition. Because they know they can't compete. And the only thing that they, they have is to say, well, we can't compete because you don't give us, give us enough money. Except they get more than the national average and more than the state average in funding. 
they're right at the national average in student-to-teacher ratio, 16 to 1. So I don't know what they're complaining about. They don't have any justifiable reason to ask for more money from all of you, but that's what they consistently do. Hillsdale is far from alone. For three decades, conservatives have been building an alternative K-12 educational universe rooted in classical education. The parallel track is taking off as families flee public school systems, uh, pandemic mandates, leftist political activism, and resistance to parental input. I think that we are on a very, the very precipice of a massive disruption in K through 12, and the classical renewal movement is going to be on the receiving end with a lot of these families. It really is, said Jeremy Wayne Tate, CEO of the Classical Learning Test, which offers classically based standardized exams. Uh, Exhibit A is the rise of hundreds of classical academies, both charter and private Catholic and Christian schools. Some organizations offer virtual classical education and curriculum designed for homeschooling. So it goes through, it talks about this other organization as well. I'm not going to read the entire article from the Washington Times with it, but um, we talked a little bit about this yesterday. I did an early show about it earlier in the week. Fund the student, not the school. So whatever educational funding there is, right, it doesn't go to the school based on how many students are supposed to be zoned for that school. The funding just goes to the student. And wherever the parent decides to send their their kid to school, that money follows the student. So if you have a really good school near your house, chances are you're going to send your kid to that school. And that school will get the benefit of the, the, the child's funding. If the school next to your house is not very good, such as the one by my house is not very good, and you're going to go to a different school, well, then the money won't go to the school that's not good. It'll go to the school that you choose to send your your student. Now, right now, not all of that money follows your, your kid. So if you're zoned for one school, but you get a variance or whatever, and you go to a different school in Indiana, which is one of the best states, maximum 90% can follow your, your, your kid. The other 10% stays with the home school. So they get a net benefit, even though they're not actually educating the kid. But if you were able to fund the student, and then schools had to actually recruit and compete for students, then wherever the student goes, wherever your child goes, that's where the money is going to land. So whether that is the, the public school next door, whether that's a public school a couple of miles away, whether that's a charter school or a private school, religious or not, it is entirely up to you as the parent. And then the money that now is just zoned for the school based on how many students should be going to that school will now actually follow that student. And this is going to incentivize, and we've seen this play out in the research, by the way, this is going to incentivize the schools in the area to start competing. And in fact, research has shown, 25 out of 27 studies, research has shown that when competition from charter and private schools comes into an F-rated school system, that school system ups its game. All of a sudden, they get rid of bad teachers, they get rid of bad faculty and administrative uh, administration members, they start really focusing on the things that are desperately needed in the classroom, and they improve their test scores, they improve their outcomes because they're now competing with everybody else. Now, here, you have a ton of school districts And while it's confusing, and it's a little annoying, it also allows you to easily move your child just a couple of miles away, which is easy for you to drive them over there, 
and they can get into a much better school district than the one that your your child might be zoned for. Now, everybody knows the two the two worst school systems here are South Bend and Elkhart. Everybody knows that. Even South Bend and Elkhart know that. They won't publicly admit it, but that is the truth. I'm not saying that there aren't other ones that have problems, but everybody knows that those two are the worst school districts in this area. As a result, all of the school districts surrounding South Bend, all of the school districts surrounding Elkhart get the students from South Bend and Elkhart because parents are moving them out to better school districts, and they're willing to take that drive. I've told most of you, most of you before, we take uh, my oldest daughter. She goes. She will be out of public school next year. She'll be in private next year. But we take her to a different school, and the school's one concern was, how are you going to get her here? I'm like, eh, you're only two miles away. <laughs> but, you know, you're, you're a lot farther away than the one that she's supposed to go to. But the one that she wants to go to is terrible. The ratings on this thing are horrible. And when we moved to the area, it was, keep your kid away from this school. Don't send her there. And we don't. And if parents had the ability to do that, our educational system would be so much better. So much better. But they don't want that to happen. The goal is to not allow that to happen. We went over this in much more detail on the early show, I think, on Tuesday. So if you go to rumble.com slash Casey the host, go watch my early show from yesterday. I mean, it's, t- it's titled, too, Fun, Fun Students, Not Schools. And, and just watch the discussion there and watch some educational experts kind of making their case as well. Because it is time to stop funding schools. You have to fund the students. That's the only way that we're going to get past this thing. And then parents can ultimately decide. Do you want your kid to know reading, writing, math, and science? Or do you want them to know how to wear a dress if they're a boy? Which one do you want? Do you want them to feel good about themselves and treat everybody with dignity and respect? Or do you want them to assume that they are an evil, inherently evil person because of the color of their skin or an inherently oppressed person who can't succeed because of the color of their skin? You have to make that determination. But ultimately, you as a parent, you should be the one to make that choice. Nobody should force your hand in in that. And yes, I will say this because it always comes up. Well, what about busing? If you're not going to send your child to the school that they are zoned for, you have to be responsible for the transportation. It isn't that difficult. Very easy, period, end of story. But what if they can't do that transportation? That's on the parent. The parent's got to figure that out. You know, my mom risked jail time. She risked jail time by not sending me to a gang-riddled, drug-infested school that was over an hour away. So I've got to wake up an extra hour early, got to get on a bus, i got to ride on a bus for an hour, i got to go to a school in Las Vegas that had no air conditioning, and then after school, get on that bus again, dodging gangs and drugs and everything else, just to come home and do homework, and do it all over again the next day. She saw what that was a recipe for, I saw what that was a recipe for, and she chose to risk jail time by lying about her address, getting friends to cover for us, and almost got caught a couple of times. But as a result, I got away from it, my life started to turn around as a result of it, and I got a much better better education because of it. And parents, you're, you're lucky enough to be living in an era where that risk of jail time really isn't a thing anymore. Take advantage of it. Nobody is going to be a better advocate for your children than you are. Nobody is going to love your children more than you. If you don't have their back, if you don't give them the best possible chance, they will always, always be missing a step or two. 
You got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Don't forget, live stream rumble.com slash Casey the host. Want to thank everybody for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button. You never know. One day you might wake up and it's the only place to hear me. Go to rumble.com slash Casey the host. Let's be honest. Alyssa's like, yeah, it's, it's possible. <laughs> rumble.com slash Casey the host. Oh, the things. If you only knew what happened in this building when you weren't around. Okay. Um... Well, there is a report here, and this is according to the, the court documents. Uh, we did talk about this on the early show again today in a little bit more detail. But uh, in the in the uh, court documents here for January 6th stuff, they're alleging, okay, the defense attorneys are alleging that in discovery, they have found at least 20 federal agent assets that were embedded with protesters on January 6th. At least 20. Now, we don't know if Ray Epps is one of them. We're expecting there to be a disclosure about Ray Epps here soon. We don't know exactly what is going to be said, but it is interesting that the federal government's going to be issuing a disclosure about him. Um, but 20 is actually a low number. I expected, I, I would expect there to be a lot more. And I assume as time goes on, we will learn that there will be more uh, federal assets. Sorry, I got the hiccups. Federal assets that were in the crowd on January 6th. But here comes the real question. Ray Epps, if Ray Epps is a federal asset and Ray Epps is the guy that kicks off the rioting in that area of the Capitol, this is a false flag. If Ray Epps is not a federal asset, uh, then it's not. And that is a big issue in the defense here. There's a couple of things at play. One, did federal agents kick this off? Did federal agents start or encourage the rioting? Okay, Remember, that's a crime. You can't do that. Uh, when you have Antifa and BLM, you have individuals up on top of cars and saying, we need we need to go burn the city down now. Let's do this. That's inciting a riot. You can't do that. That's a crime. So I'm not excusing the behavior of anybody else who goes along with the riot, but that's still a crime. And it may not have happened had they not instigated. Uh, the other issue is whether or not law enforcement acted correctly when they initiated crowd control over a peaceful crowd that had not gotten violent and may have actually caused the death of a protester when they fired that canister. That case is ongoing. Uh, the other one, which we've already had some exonerations and people have been cleared, were that federal agent, uh, well, I should say not federal agents, but police actually let them into the Capitol in one area of, of the, the, uh, the Capitol. So they opened the door, they waved them in, they came in. So with there being at least 20 federal assets, according to the discovery, by the defense attorneys here who are representing uh, 10 Oath Keepers and another individual, they found that, hey, these individuals work for the government. They're assets of the federal government who are part of the protest. They were embedded in the protest, and they need to find out what they did during that protest. Did they riot? Did they instigate? Did they try to stop? Did they assault anybody? Did they damage any property? What happened with these other federal assets? And that becomes the big question, because that is a huge part of the defense for, for many of these people. Remember, most of the people who are being held without bail for what happened on January 6th are actually not being accused of any violent crimes. They're not being accused of punching police officers. They're not being accused of damaging any, any serious property or anything like that. Most of them are trespassing charges or like uh, you know obstruction of a, an official uh, process or what have you. There are some that certainly are, 
Okay, it's important that we we acknowledge that because that behavior can't be excused. But if they are able to prove that some of these federal assets were in the crowd on January 6th are the ones that set off the protest and set off the rioting, and not the protest, but the rioting, then they have at least a defense saying that there's culpability here that the federal government started this, they'll make a false flag argument, uh, and potentially um, help their client's case. Now, it depends on, obviously, the extent of any of that, and we don't know what that looks like. What we do know is that in these court documents, they say at least 20 FBI and ATF assets were embedded around the Capitol on January 6th. That is on a footnote on page six of this motion. No other details are provided in that document. So this is just something for you to keep an eye on as the trials go forward. Uh, I would like to remind everybody that there there was the Project Veritas uh, undercover investigation with the New York Times uh, reporter, very prestigious foreign correspondent there. And he said that there were federal agents and assets all over that protest and that it wasn't that bad and it wasn't scary. And any of these people out there going, oh, I'm having post-traumatic stress. He's like, come on. There was nothing like that happening. Nobody was in any danger. So what he is saying in secret, which has been exposed by Project Veritas, is that there was a lot of federal assets in that crowd. And now we've got on page six of this motion here. We've got them saying that they've identified at least 20. Now, 20 is not a lot considering the size of the crowd. I understand that, but they could be instrumental. Um, They were able to get this this, uh, information with the discovery phase of the trial, and they combed through several of the FBI Form 302s, and 302 reports are very instrumental in the way that the FBI does law enforcement and investigations. Remember, a 302 report was the one that was actually falsified in order to frame General Flynn, the FBI agents fabricated a 302 report, and they actually hid the real 302 report. Remember that one? Uh, so these are extremely important in the uh, the investiga- investigatory process for the FBI. So they were going through those 302 summaries, and they ended up finding out that there was at least 20 FBI and ATF assets that were in that crowd. There could very well be a lot more than that, but at least 20. MNC News Time is 4.31. Make sure you follow us on Rumble, rumble.com slash Casey the host, and check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I want to thank R&B Car Company. Locations in South Bend and Warsaw, R&B Car Company are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. Newsmax is reporting that Laura Logan is out at Fox News after some comments that she had about Fauci. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know that Laura Logan was still affiliated with Fox in any way because she has been doing so much independent stuff. Uh, Laura Logan is, is fantastic. She's great. I don't know what else to say. She is a great journalist, but she's also morphed into activist. There's no doubt about that. Uh, whereas somebody like Cheryl Ackeson is still journalist, period. Okay. Uh, reporter Laura Logan said that she was forced out of Fox News and its streaming service after publicly criticizing Anthony Fauci. Laura Logan has no agenda. A show streamed on Fox Nation was dropped, and the former CBS News correspondent has not appeared as a Fox News guest since making her comments about Fauci late last year. I was definitely pushed out, Logan said. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt about that. They don't want independent thinkers, and they don't want people who follow the facts regardless of the politics. And 
if you follow her at all, by the way, I highly recommend that you do. But if you follow her at all, this is not surprising because she's she runs counter to, you know, a lot of what you're seeing on Fox News right now. Fox News had Poroshenko on today as an interview. Martha McCallum. And I love Martha McCallum, but she's a fantastic host. I think she's she's very, very good at what she does. I have tremendous respect for her. But I don't understand why Azov is on Fox News. I don't understand why Poroshenko is on Fox News. Poroshenko is one of the most corrupt people in probably European history. Um, he is responsible for a lot of the bad stuff the Ukraine undeniably did since 2014. They're not alone in that. There's been crimes on both sides, certainly in this conflict. Uh, more of those are looking like they're being committed by the Russians, but it's still happening on both sides. And you've got Poroshenko on there, who is exhibit A of everything that has been wrong with Ukraine. And I don't know why he was on Fox News. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't know what the interview said. I don't know why they were talking to the guy. He shouldn't be there. I've explained to you before, in spite of the fact that it's really good footage, and I understand why it's newsworthy, I don't think that Fox or any network should put themselves in the position of carrying any Azov battalion propaganda. I just don't. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, the entire world has acknowledged that they commit war crimes. This is a well-known fact. This isn't me spitting hyperbole. It's not Putin's agenda. It is a well-known, well-documented fact from multiple international organizations, including the, the United Nations. So it's not up for debate. I don't know why you would jeopardize your your reputation by putting their material, even if it is compelling, on your news product. Because you're going to have a lot of naysayers as a result of it. It seems irresponsible. I wouldn't have done it. But I don't know if they're doing this in exchange for access or something of that nature with people on the ground. Maybe Azov is, maybe they're embedded with Azov or something of that nature. I don't know. Um, but I find it very suspicious. And like Poroshenko is on there. It's like, why is Poroshenko on there? It, it, Poroshenko is Joe Biden's buddy. Poroshenko is corrupt. Poroshenko is the guy that was uh, helping, you know, a lot of people in Western Europe and the United States steal money from the Ukrainian people. Poroshenko is the guy that Zelensky ran against because Zelensky was going to clean up his corruption. And here's Poroshenko. I, I get it. His country is being invaded. He's the former president of Ukraine. I understand that. But he is the epitome of everything bad about that country. Why would you give him airtime? Without, without it being in a critical sense, okay? Um, but that's what they did. And I'm not, I'm not in charge over there. It's not something that I would do. But I think that the move is weird. I think it's strange. I think it's odd. I don't understand it. Um, but that's what they're doing. Well, Laura Logan is the kind of person that is out there going, why are you doing that? <laughs> so as a result, she's she's irritating Fox because she doesn't like Fauci and the you know the kids who run Fox now they love they love Fauci they are Fauciites so they don't like that um, if she says anything that is fact based about Fauci or vaccines or ivermectin or whatever we know that the narrative on on the corporate side of things is to is to uh, basically deny uh, the truth about all of those things she doesn't. If you follow her on Getter, she says that she can't be bought. That's like her tagline on her Getter. Like, I cannot be bought by anybody. And if you follow any of her content, you know that that's, whether you agree with her on everything, I don't agree with her on everything, but but she's really good at what she does. And Laura Logan can't be bought. Uh, and I think that she got to a point where she was, uh, shall we say, unable to be controlled 
by the powers that be over at Fox. And as a result, they dropped her show. But now she's not even allowed on as a guest. So she's been doing a lot of uh, streaming shows, podcast shows, alternative media, that sort of stuff. And, and she's been doing uh, some, some really good work, honestly, with all of that. But she doesn't, she doesn't at all toe the conventional line. Uh, you know, she is a, a reporter who is a foreign, foreign correspondent who would constantly put herself into hot zones. When she worked for CBS, she was sexually assaulted uh, and everything that happened over there, I believe in Egypt, uh, was where she was assaulted, you know, because she was covering these very, very difficult things to cover. That's, that's what she does for a living. She's a tough lady. Very, very tough lady. And as a result, she's got zero bleeps to give about anybody else's opinion about her, and she's going to tell you what she thinks. That is increasingly becoming a rare commodity in any media, certainly any corporate media. And more and more, uh, if it could ever potentially damage a monetary incentive, then you're going to control your talent as, as much as you can control your talent. Now, this is a double-edged sword because a couple of things happen here. One, Fox is going to lose money if she attacks Fauci. That's just the truth. Fox loses money with advertising revenue from certain people, certain companies, if she attacks Fauci, right? They get the phone call. I've told you the story many, many times about Nevada Power uh, in my, my old hometown. You know, you can't criticize us. Well, you guys just got caught illegally charging people money and not reading their meters. Well, here's the deal. If you tell everybody that, uh, we're going to pull our million dollars of advertising from not just your radio station, but the entire cluster of radio stations owned by CBS News. And as a result, they're going to lose a ton of money. So what was I told? Don't talk about Nevada Power again unless you're giving a glowing review of how amazing they are. Okay? I don't play that game. I, I, I did it once, not doing it again. So now we get a situation where radio host after radio host after television host after news reporter after journalist and writer, they're all running into the same thing. What are they doing? They're going independent. And almost all of them who have gone independent have become more successful on their own than when they were with corporate media. Not all of them, but the ones who chose to really do it, they have been. So while it has been a money-controlling thing on the corporate side of things, it has also created this alternative independent news, not platform, but a news consortium, if you will, of people on the left, on the right, in the middle, who just want to tell you the truth as best as they can get the facts. And Laura Logan is a part of that. Um, and she's much more activist than a lot of them are. Don't get me wrong. She, she's clearly gone to the right, okay? She didn't used to be that way, but she's clearly gone to the right. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because she doesn't hide it from you. But she has, you know, she, she has, she's going to tell you what she thinks. And if people can't be controlled, they're going to be let go now. That's kind of where we're at. Independent media is critical, critical to the future of information, not just in this country, but in the entire world. And we are watching independent journalists all over the world right now lose their jobs. A Swedish reporter just lost her job. Very left-wing reporter from Sweden. Very, very left-wing. She lost her job. Why? She told the truth about something she saw in Ukraine. And because she told the truth about it, but it went counter to the Western narrative, she lost her job. Doesn't mean that there aren't bad things happening with Russia. There clearly are. Everybody's aware of those things. Nobody is aware of the other things. So if, God forbid, you have somebody come out and go, hey, yes, what, what's happening here with Russia? Super bad. 
This is also happening over here with Ukraine, and we should probably talk about that too. Nope, can't talk about that. You're fired. You can't be controlled. Go away. And then it it now you've now you've just created this whole alternative marketplace that exists. You know, Substack and some of these other organizations, um, people starting and founding their own independent independent uh, publications, and it has it has been fantastic stuff. It, even though I disagree, give you a perfect example of how how big this can get. Even though I disagree with Ben Shapiro's reasons for leaving Breitbart because Ben Shapiro was wrong. When he left Breitbart, it ended up being the best possible thing for him. And it ended up being the best possible thing for conservatives because he started the Daily Wire. And when he started the Daily Wire, what do we have now? We've got, he's got, you know, syndicated radio show. He's got a very successful podcast now. Obviously, they're pumping out tons of content. The Daily Wire is one of the most consumed news outlets in the entire world. Uh, They now have production companies where they're making movies. They're going to be making kids programming. Clearly been a benefit. Breitbart grew and the Daily Wire grew. It ended up being good for everybody. And that's what's kind of happening here. Corporate media keeps cutting out the good reporters, the good journalists, the people who are willing to tell the truth, even if it's a difficult truth. They're cutting them out. They're becoming independent. And corporate media continues to slit their own throats. And it is happening at every level. I mean, for crying out loud, WMAL, one of the biggest talk radio stations in the entire country, fired one of their most popular radio hosts because she made a UPS joke about Kamala Harris. That's where we're at. You've got Cumulus firing radio hosts because they don't get vaccinated while telling people they should have an absolute, you know, while those hosts are out there on their programming, telling people you should have absolute right to choose what goes into your body and what doesn't go into your body. And the cumulus goes, yeah, we don't, we don't agree with that. You're fired. These are the things that are going to continue to damage corporate media and continue to give rise to independent media. And eventually independent media won't be independent media anymore because they'll all get together and they'll make some big behemoth news agency, which will be amazing for several years. And then the whole cycle will start all over again. MNC News Time is 448. Make sure you follow us on Rumble. Go to rumble.com slash Casey the host. More coming up, 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. want to talk to you a little bit about Mike Pence. Uh, they're out in full force trying to get the message out that he wants to run for president, and that's that's fine. I've told you before, you know, it, I like Mike Pence personally, but I think that he has alienated the base. I don't think that he's the way forward for the Republican Party. I think he missed his chance, but he will certainly find a place to fit into the movement where he will be very, very influential. But they're trying. Uh, and as a result, uh, Alyssa Farrah Griffin has told a story about the time that Mike Pence met Vladimir Putin at the uh, the Asian summit. That's A-S-E-A-N summit. And Vladimir Putin had requested a meeting with Vice President Mike Pence, and Mike Pence had agreed. But instead of meeting in the back uh, at his, in a secret room on the agreed-upon location, the Russians, quote, cornered us in the back of the room. I was knocked down by a Russian guard. However, Hector Hernandez, head of Pence's Secret Service detail, literally picked me up and positioned me in to stand behind Pence so I could hear clearly. Griffin then continued going on to share a lot of uh, her personal assessment of Putin's character 
I looked into Putin's eyes and saw the soul of an evil man, blackness. Okay. Uh, Griffin then explained what Pence said to Putin in an effort, she explained, to make sure that Putin understood that he was in control of the meeting, and she said that it appeared to have the desired effect, putting the Russian dictator on the defensive immediately. Mike Pence, wanting to take control of the impromptu meeting, looked Putin square in the eyes and said, we know what you tried to do with our elections. It won't happen again. To say Putin looked taken aback is an understatement. So, now... I have no reason to uh, believe that this didn't happen based on the evidence and, you know, some of the photos and everything else that happened there. I believe that it did happen. But I wanted to I wanted to compare and contrast this to when another vice president met Vladimir Putin, and that would be Joseph Biden. So Joseph Biden goes to Moscow. Joe Biden goes into Vladimir Putin's office. There's the, you know, Russian media is all there. They got all their camera lights and everything set up and. They sit down, and just as Biden is going to talk, Putin says something. I don't have the transcript in front of me. Putin says something. Just as Biden goes to say something, Putin, like, snaps his fingers or claps his hands or whatever, and just like that, lights go out. All the power is cut to the room. The uh, security services funnel all of the news media out of the room. Biden is completely confused. This is all a part of the White House record, okay? I've confirmed all of this in the transcripts. It's in a book, but you can go and you can get the transcripts of this stuff at, and on the White House's official website. So I did, and it matches up exactly. And basically what ended up happening is Biden got throat punched. He got dominated and he got throat punched by Vladimir Putin and he didn't know what to do. And he walked out of the room basically with his tail between his legs, according to witnesses. It was a power play by Putin. There was an attempted power play with Mike Pence, and Mike Pence backed Putin down. And say what you want about Mike Pence. Mike Pence is the guy that went to you know the, the border of North Korea and stood there glaring at the North Koreans. And I thought that was a great moment for him. I really did. Uh, and uh, you can say a lot of things about Mike Pence. Uh, he's not weak, that's for sure. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's willing to stand up for what he believes in. Of course, the problem is that sometimes what he believes in isn't necessarily what, uh, what the evidence showed with the election stuff, but I also think that a lot of people were trying to give him too much power than he actually had. But you have two examples of Vladimir Putin trying to corner a vice president. One, it worked against Biden. The other one, it did not work against Mike Pence, our former governor. Just to compare and contrast and and how different personalities and people of strength behave when they have somebody like Vladimir Putin around. So it's a good story. I, I understand what what she's trying to do. I understand she's trying to push his his uh, his potential run for president here, and and you know they're doing everything they can to, to steer that narrative. I appreciate that, but by all accounts, this really happened. There's evidence that it happened, and I believe everything that she said. All right, folks, make sure you follow us online, rumble.com slash Casey the host. You can go watch the live stream there. Got one more hour left, rumble.com slash Casey the host. Please hit that subscribe button. And the word of the day is uh, Biden bird. My show is just so excited to hear what I have to say. That's all it is. Casey Hendrickson here for Balance of Nature. You go to balanceofnature.com, use promo code Laura, L-A-U-R-A, and you will save 30 Five percent. Here's the deal. Uh, eating vegetables sucks. So take a pill. 
Instead, take three pills. You'll get your full daily allotment of your fruits and vegetables by taking Balance of Nature fruits and veggies. Just three of each one will give you your full recommended consumption of fruits and vegetables per day. All the vitamins, all the minerals, all of the extra energy, the immune benefits that you'll get from it with your immune system, all of that and so much more. Balanceofnature.com, promo code Laura, L-A-U-R-A, and you can save 35%. All right, the trial of the century is happening right now. That's right, Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. And when we're talking about the hot, crazy matrix, Amber Heard is in the very upper right-hand corner based on all of the evidence. So the trial surrounding Johnny Depp's defamation lawsuit against his ex-wife, Amber Heard, is heating up, and both sides are accusing the other of violence. Now, the reason that this is so important is for a very long time, Amber Heard's allegations that Johnny Depp was abusive went unanswered. He lost jobs. He was removed from productions. uh, He was obviously ostracized in our society. And then all of a sudden, he started speaking up. And you know what he did? He provided evidence that he was the victim and she was the violent one in the relationship. And just like that, collectively, our society felt really stupid for once again falling for the attractive girl, batting her eyes at us and accusing a big bad man of being abusive. Well, he filed the defamation lawsuit. Now, Amber Heard's side of things, she's sticking with he abused me. Not just abused, but also sexually assaulted. And he is obviously going to focus on her being the violent one. So day one of the trial happened today. Uh, I fully expect Amber Heard to lose this thing based on what has been made public over the past couple of years. It, it is crystal clear to most people who have been paying attention to this that Johnny Depp is innocent. Okay. Now, Amber Heard's story has evolved over the years from claiming that she was the victim of domestic violence without naming Depp to now claiming that he also sexually assaulted her. Uh, again, Johnny Depp's people have always denied this, and he's the one that's provided audio of her absolutely losing her mind. You know, there's a there's a level of angry that people can get where, like, they're not there anymore. Like, their spirit is gone, and they're just absolute pure rage. That was Amber Heard in those audio recordings. Beyond, like, she had ascended to a different plane of existence of anger. So... The evidence that has been presented, actual physical evidence that has been presented, it all leans towards Johnny Depp. Now, initially what had happened is Amber Heard had shared photos of herself with some bruises and some scratches, and that's why people believed her automatically. But he's provided evidence that she did that to herself, including audio recordings of her saying that she was going to do it to herself and then blame him. So, like I said, we all felt like idiots because, hey, she had marks on her body, you you believed it, and there is a natural, there's this natural thing which is unhealthy, there's this natural thing in our society to believe, you know, the attractive young woman over the uh, old guy. So, that's just what we did. Depp's attorney accused her of being the physically abusive part of the relationship, saying that the Pirates of Caribbean star would lock himself in the bathroom to escape her violence. His attorney also said that when the couple traveled together, Depp would book an extra hotel room so that he could get away from Amber Heard when she became, quote, enraged. Now, Johnny Depp's sister, Christy Dombrowski, the president of Depp's production company, 
also testified that she would, in fact, book the separate room that he requested. Now, she did say that she never personally witnessed the two of them being violent against each other at all, but she did she did testify that she did, in fact, book that separate room. She also claims to have heard Amber Heard call Johnny Depp an old fat man. Uh, Depp's attorney also said that while the couple was in Australia in 2015, Heard severed Depp's finger after throwing a vodka bottle at him. Heard's attorney insisted that Depp cut his own finger off. Okay. Heard's attorney claimed during opening arguments on Tuesday that Depp punched and kicked Heard while they were married when he was blacked out for three days in Australia and that he also dragged her by the hair. The attorney also claimed that Depp would get high and drunk and then physically and sexually assault Amber Heard. The attorney claimed that Heard once found naked photos of another woman on Depp's, uh, Depp's computer and confronted him about cheating, after which they both allegedly threw punches at each other. Uh, Depp is now suing Amber Heard over a 2018 Washington Post op-ed. Uh, the Aquaman actress quote uh, wrote, claiming that uh, the victim of dom- claiming to be the victim of domestic violence. Excuse me. Herb did not name Depp, but he says that their op-ed led to him losing roles and having his reputation damaged. So uh, this thing is going to get ugly, but it's going to be a big case. And the reason that's going to be a big case is because, well, it was a big case before. But this type of stuff. Now, if it comes out that Johnny Depp did any of this, obviously we'll give him his, his, uh, you know, his comeuppance too. But there is little doubt in most people's mind that Amber Heard would get violent. Uh, so at the very least, I am willing to say that this was a mutually abusive relationship. Uh, but the evidence right now seems to support Johnny Depp being the battered individual in the relationship uh, based on the evidence that has actually been presented. But this trial has to go forward. This is only day one. Uh, they're going to go through everything else. They're both accusing the other one of doing basically the same stuff, and we'll see how it all shakes out. But the reason it's going to be an important case is because you have a lot of false allegations like this, and we have to get to a point in our society where if somebody makes an allegation, you have to take it seriously and you have to investigate it, but you can't convict somebody automatically just because of the sex or you know the fame or the look or whatever it is. And unfortunately, we continue to do that on a routine basis. And there's an awful lot of people. In fact, there was just somebody not that far from here who just got exonerated um, after being falsely accused of something many, many, many years ago. It happens a lot. It really, it truly does. And we've got to get to a point where it doesn't happen all that much. And the people who, who falsely accuse people start ending up behind bars. You know, for... For most of my career, and it is starting to change, but for most of my career, if a a woman accused somebody of rape and they were lying, that woman faced no punishment legally whatsoever. None. And they would simply get caught. The police would eventually go, yep, they lied about it. No charges will be filed, whatever. So they've ruined this person's life. They've put it on hold. They put a stigma around that person. They lied about what happened, and then they get to walk away. Now, more and more, we're starting to see that those women are being charged with with filing a false police report. I think most people are of the opinion that the charge needs to go up. Uh, There needs to be serious charges for falsely accusing somebody, and that has to be something that we, we look at changing in our legal system because it is a routine and common problem. Now, 
Of course, there are advocates that say you don't want to do that because that will disincentivize victims from coming forward. But, you know, nobody is advocating that if you make the allegation and you can't prove the allegation that automatically you should be charged with something. Nobody is making that case. There has to be definitive proof that you made it up. Um, people are pointing out on the live stream, Duke Lacrosse comes to mind. It's probably the biggest case of a fabricated sexual assault in the history of the country. It never happened. It was a complete and total lie, yet their entire lives were ruined. The university turned on them. There was never any evidence against those young men. And we ended up finding out that she made it all up. She's in jail now, right? Right. by the way. She, she, got, uh, she got convicted of something a couple of years ago. Like, I think two years before the pandemic or something. Uh, because she's a career criminal. And she's just, she's a despicable human being. But, hey, she's a young black woman. They were a bunch of rich white guys. So... There's narrative for you. So they ran with it, even though there was no evidence that they actually did anything wrong. And come to find out they didn't do anything wrong. She made the entire thing up. Um, like I said, it's one of the prime examples of, of uh, you know, a fake sexual assault in our country's history. But it is very commonplace. So while more and more they're, they're facing some charges, they're all minor charges. I want to see somebody who makes a false allegation against somebody and you can demonstrate beyond a reasonable doubt that it was a false allegation. I want to see that person become a felon. I want, I want everything stripped from them. I want them to be a felon. I want jail time, but at the very least, I want a felonious conviction on that individual. You've got to show people that if you're going to make these allegations, they had better be true. If you're going to have, you know, blasey Fords and things like that come out of the woodwork and lie about somebody because they're getting paid by a political party, I want that person to face serious jail time. That's what I want. And most people should probably want that too. This is, I realize that this is just a Hollywood relationship, he said, she said type case. But I, I promise this is, a, this is an extremely important case for our society. And in particular for men who have been victimized by women who make these false allegations. I realize women, that there are men who victimize you on a large scale. I understand that. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is when that is discovered, the law is generally thrown behind those women to protect them and help. When this happens to men, there's no support. There's no help. Nobody believes them. They get mocked. People have mocked Johnny Depp online. Oh, he went into the bathroom and hid from her. Well, what is he supposed to do? Punch her in the face? Then what happens? Well, then Amber Heard's allegations against him are confirmed, and he's in much bigger trouble. So he took a long time to gather evidence, and he released the evidence at the right time. Uh, damaged his reputation in the process of doing it, but the evidence that he's released so far seems to confirm his version of events and none of hers. So we'll see how this trial unfolds, and I'm sure that most of that evidence will be brought back up again as we continue to go forward with it. But it's only been one day, so keep an eye on this. I think this is a much more important trial than a lot of people think it is. More coming up, Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And I will tell you why they're wrong in the afternoon. <clears throat> it's just how we roll, man. This is just how we roll. <laughs> Uh, we were just coming up with a, with an idea for my new juice bar on uh, Epstein Island. When we buy Epstein Island, we're going to have a juice bar, and you're going to have a, a juice A, and it comes only in size Smollett. And it will be 100% real fruit juice made out of 100% artificial flavoring because Jesse Smollett is a liar. So, yeah, good stuff. Um, all right, what else do we have here? The Oh, I guess this probably give everybody the big news. About 20 minutes before the show started today, they actually captured the racist domestic terrorist in New York City, the subway shooter. 
They did capture him. Uh, turns out that he stayed on the train and rode the train for quite some time after the uh, the attack. And the individual hates white people, hates Hispanics, hates Asians, hates Jews, hates everybody who isn't black. Uh, is a major Black Lives Matter activist. Uh, is all about uh, radical black ideology. So this is a this is a this is an awful human being who has routinely threatened people. He made uh, videos on YouTube, which, for the record, uh, all of his YouTube videos were left alone. All my videos get flagged and taken down. All of his were left alone, including the one where he went on the streets of New York City and everybody who walked by who wasn't black, he screamed racial epithets at him. That stayed on YouTube. They didn't bring that down. They didn't censor that. Nobody reported it. I guess and. And uh, yet now, I don't know if that's just because of what's happening here, but a lot of his videos have more views than my videos had. So, do with that information what you will. But YouTube allowed a bunch of hate stuff from this guy to be posted on multiple YouTube channels, not just his primary channel. He has backup channels there as well. And a lot of other people can't post anything. So they did capture him. They captured him after uh, some information came in that somebody thought they saw the suspect at a McDonald's. They went to the McDonald's. He wasn't there. They canvassed the area. They ended up finding him on a street corner, and they brought him into custody without incident. He is facing a federal terrorism charge because he attacked a mass transit system. They're not officially calling this domestic terrorism or a hate crime or any of that as of yet, but... Uh, again, they were sitting on the train, the back of a car. They dropped a couple of smoke grenades, and then they started opening fire on people. And they they had the the gun jam on them, and that's the only reason that more people were not shot. Uh, again, the latest uh, report is that five people are in critical but stable condition. Everybody else is more minor injuries. So it looks like everybody's going to pull through, thank God. But that is the latest that we have on that. Uh, they're going to continue to, uh, you know, to release more information as the investigation continues. But uh, the latest info that we have is, yes, he's been captured. He's been taken into custody. Uh, just really, really bizarre behavior and stuff like that that was surrounded. The fact that he was still on a train after all of that is very, very interesting. But nonetheless, he was. Uh, we got to talk about this Benton Harbor pastor. So this Benton Harbor pastor has been accused of criminal sexual conduct with a child and an adult. Again, innocent until proven guilty. Benton Harbor pastor has been charged with criminal sexual conduct with a child and an adult. Leroy Lane Jr. was accused of touching a 13-year-old girl inappropriately in September of 2021. Now, remember, the softball coach that's been arrested in Mishawaka also had a sexual relationship with a 13-year-old girl. The girl told officers that Lane grabbed her, touched her inner thigh and her backside, and then put her on his lap. Doesn't Joe Biden do that? Why doesn't he ever face these charges? Joe, I, There's video of Joe Biden doing this. Another woman claims that she was sexually assaulted by Lane back in 2018. The victim told investigators that Lane entered her house with a key that she gave him while she was sleeping. So... Um, he apparently went in, according to ABC 57, he went into her home a second time and attacked her again. Lane carried a handgun and he appeared in court in April on April 12th yesterday. Again, innocent until proven guilty, uh, but doesn't look very good at all. Uh, there's been a lot of these cases, unfortunately, around the country, but also locally. You know, I, I, I'm really keeping an eye on this case in California 
where the charter school teacher, she raped seven kids. And they haven't told anybody how old those children are yet. They've only told people that, you know, very, very young kids all the way up to 12th grade are in that school. They haven't told us what her her, uh, alleged victims are. But in a span of four months, she assaulted seven children. And we do know that she is being charged with children under the age of 16. But we don't know what age they are. But seven victims in that particular case. But there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of examples of of this happening all over the country. And, you know, it's here's the thing. How many years did you hear me constantly talking about teachers doing this? And it seems like more women are getting caught lately in the classroom. It didn't used to be that way. And it doesn't mean that men aren't doing it. It's just that it seems like the the women or at least those cases are the ones that are getting highlighted, uh, maybe because of their perceived rarity. But female teachers having inappropriate relationships with students, sometimes consensual and sometimes not, has really been on the rise over the past several years. And you go back to you know two, three years before the pandemic, it seemed like we were doing a story like that almost every single week. And then the pandemic happens, and we end up finding out that there's really sexualized curriculum in the classroom. Not age-appropriate at all. It gets exposed. Parents start to say, hey, let's put two and two together. Maybe this is why we keep having these problems in the classroom. And all of a sudden, you've got corporate media and activists and politicians really fighting back against parents, trying to ensure that this inappropriate material stays in the classroom. So if you ask me, it sure seems like it's all connected. MNC News Time is 531. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. So the Biden administration, we played you the montage earlier this week of Joe Biden saying it was a conspiracy theory that inflation was going up. And then it was, yeah, inflation's going up just a little bit, but it's only going to be temporary. It'll go down. And then it was, well, inflation is going up because the economy is strong and it's good that inflation is going up. And then it was like, yeah, inflation is really bad right now. You're going to have to tighten your bootstraps to Vladimir Putin is responsible for the inflation. Then you saw Pete Buttigieg basically blame Ron DeSantis For inflation, I got news for you, he's a governor. He's not responsible for inflation. And now Jen Psaki is out there blaming Governor Abbott over over inflation? Huh? What? Psaki slammed Governor Abbott over truck inspections at the Texas-Mexico border for, for causing a rise in inflation? Um, First of all, bless you. First of all, Joe Biden's inflation rate has broken the 40-year record like a dozen times already. This truck inspection policy went into effect last week. How? How? What? So if it isn't Vladimir, first of all, if it isn't a conspiracy theory that inflation exists altogether, if it isn't that, then it's Vladimir Putin's fault, right? Putin's price hike. See, this is the problem with Democrats. When you get on the bumper sticker stuff, you can't really pivot. So you do the bumper sticker thing, and you go, this is Putin's price hike. It obviously wasn't, but they blame Putin. And then when it's uncovered that it's it's really not Putin's price hike. But if you're gonna if you're gonna get in bed with that and that's where you're gonna live, you can't then say, well, it isn't Putin, it's Ron DeSantis. And, and then you can't say, well, it's it's not Putin and not Ron DeSantis, but it's also um it's Greg Abbott. I, how long has Joe Biden been in Washington, D.C.? 
How long have the people in his inner circle, a lot of them served in the Obama administration, how long have they been in D.C.? I understand Pete Buttigieg not getting what how inflation works. I can I can totally comprehend Pete Buttigieg not understanding that Ron DeSantis doesn't have a say in inflation. I get that. But Jen Psaki knows better. She's going to fit in great at MSNBC. There's no doubt about that. The policy went into effect last week. How is that affecting inflation? How in the world is that possibly affecting inflation? This is what you're dealing with. Nobody takes any responsibility for what they have done. Nobody. And here's the thing. They're going to tell you, okay, this is what the Democrats will tell you, that they will sit here, you know, go from midterms, the general election, they will tell you that there's nothing that could have been done. This was all because of Trump or Putin or DeSantis or Abbott or whatever. And we did everything we could. In fact, as high as inflation was, it's really a good thing because inflation would have been three times higher if we hadn't kept the inflation rates down. That's how bad these policies were. And then what's going to happen is a Republican's going to walk in and a Republican is going to start shrinking that inflation rate, shrinking the gas prices, and you're going to have what happened, if he's still alive, with Joe Biden is what happened with, with Obama is they were out there telling you, there are no manufacturing jobs. This is the new normal. Those jobs aren't coming back. What's Trump going to do? Wave a magic wand? How does that work? And then the manufacturing jobs come back. And then the price of gas drops down, which you were told could never happen again. And what happens? The same guy who told you it would never happen again when he was here in Concord, that guy, uh, not, I almost said Joe Obama. <laughs> Obama comes out and goes, I'm the one who gave you cheap gas prices. I'm the one that that fixed the economy. I'm the one that fixed the inflation rate. You're going to see the same exact thing with Joe Biden, if he's still alive. He's going to come out and goes, I well, the, it's the inflation rate's record low right now under this Republican president because I did stuff. You realize there's still polls that have over half of Democrats blaming Donald Trump for inflation and gas prices right now? You know how extra stupid you have to be to believe that? They're, those are the people who need to go to balanceofnature.com and have their vegetables because their brain doesn't work properly. But I'm telling you, this is a policy that went into effect last week in Texas is responsible for the inflation rate breaking another 40-year high under Joe Biden's usurpation of the presidency. Huh. That's a new one. Uh, look, it... And here's the thing. There's probably three or four people over there at MSNBC and maybe on Twitter who actually believe that. It's entirely possible. You probably know one of them. I mean, if I, Based on my, com- my conversations with many of you, it's probably going to be your sweet little mother uh, who believes in this nonsense because they're just set in their ways. But, you know, hey, you want to believe a policy that went into effect last week is responsible for 40, uh, 40 year bre- record-breaking inflation going back over a year? By all means, you go ahead and stick to that story. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Don't forget, you can uh, go to my website, sign up for the newsletter. You want to be a part of the newsletter. Major announcements, uh, occasional daily show prep, major posts, things like that, events. 
you get that in the newsletter. Uh, and you're going to have some special announcements coming in the near future. I am pleased to report that the beta testing on my new website is actually going a heck of a lot better than I thought it was going to go. Uh, we had one big hiccup, was able to fix it pretty easily. And other than that, I don't think that we've had any other major issues. So my Discord server peeps are doing the beta testing on it. And so far, so good. It has worked out great. Uh, I'll be really excited to present that to you here in the near future. And of course, the new website is uh, basically it's a whole rebranding and you'll get the live stream in one spot. You'll have, you know, website membership, a social network tied to that membership just for the audience. And and so, so much more. Uh, the conservative news aggregator on the beta site runs much better than the one that is on my current website. So lots of cool announcements are coming, but you've got to go to the burningtruth.us. You've got to sign up for the newsletter and it's totally free. I don't spam you all the time. People get angry that I don't send out more newsletters, but I just, I, I can't, I'm sorry. I can't be the guy that sends out a newsletter every single day. I just can't be that dude. It's not me. Those things get buried and I, I don't, I don't believe that people actually open them. So I'm not going to do it. I, I have really high engagement rate on my newsletter and I don't want to mess with that. So, yeah, maybe like once a week, maybe twice a week, you'll get a newsletter. And then when anything special happens, I will send the newsletter out to you. But go sign up for free, theburningtruth.us. Sign up for that newsletter. Get the daily show prep, podcast, videos, much more. Uh, special announcement, my podcast is now on Amazon Music. So if you are on Amazon Music, you can subscribe to my podcast there. Uh, Fake News Flash comes back next week. So that will also be available. That is already available on Google, Spotify, and uh, Amazon Music. I'm working on the Apple thing. Apple is being Apple, and Apple sucks. So uh, it takes a little takes a little while to get that taken care of, but it will be on, be on Apple. But uh, it looks like most of you actually listen to my podcasts on Spotify anyway, and the overwhelming majority of you um, actually listen on an Android device. And there's, for those of you who do actually listen on an Apple device, you tend to not use iTunes or what, what Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called now. They keep changing the name. You still listen on Spotify. So, again, feel free to subscribe anywhere. Share it with anybody. Subscribe on Rumble, rumble.com slash Casey the Host. We do the early show on Rumble. We also do this show on Rumble. And that is a free speech platform that won't censor me like YouTube will. And feel free to go ahead and share that with anybody as well. If you find a video that you like or anything of that nature, just feel free to share any of it on your social networks. A few people send me messages asking if they can do that. Yeah, just go right ahead. If you think somebody will like it or if you think it will tweak your, your friends and neighbors, by all means, post it. I would be happy if you did that. All right. Bill O'Reilly is coming up next. Uh, it has been a long day. I am going to go home. I'm going to get some sleep. I certainly hope that you're all safe, and we will check in with you tomorrow. Uh, early show will start sometime between 11 and 12 o'clock, and uh, we will not have a show on Friday because of the holiday. So just in case you didn't know, Bill O'Reilly is up next.